Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. Human Services and the Ad Council. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, it might look pretty today, but it's definitely not going to be warm. 39 are expected high, but we should stay dry tonight down to 27. A little bit better on Saturday, but we've got about a 70% chance of light rain. 46 are high on Saturday. Back down to 38 on Sunday and a real good chance. We actually might see a flake or two as far as our conditions. How you doing, everybody? Fabulous Farm Baby PM Yankee welcoming you to a Friday. Plenty of little things that we want to bring your way. First off, if you are one of the farms or agribusinesses that got some uh, relief under the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, administered probably by your local lender through the Small Business Administration, well, this morning we've got a guest that says, don't act too quickly when it comes to asking for loan forgiveness. That was one of the elements that seemed very attractive early on for that program, but uh, uncertainty about how the IRS is going to treat that money is one of the reasons why they're suggesting that. I've got details coming up after 5.30. We're also talking about, I guess we'd say, the agriculture ramifications of the election. How does our voice sound and look down at the State House after the election? Josh Scramlin's got an update for us today. Former Alice in Dairyland and current Farm Report extraordinaire, Caitlin Riley, joins us from La Crosse in just moments, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is, profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb brand corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. One of the biggest stories of the year has certainly been the disruption in the meat industry. At the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, my name is Josh Scramlin, but it's not necessarily all negative. We've brought you stories that have been really, really difficult to tell. Uh, our pork producers working through that backlog of animals, we still to this day don't know just how big that backlog is. Our local Wisconsin meat processors that are having such a difficult time working through those animals and getting through those orders. But Caitlin, you actually have a silver lining, somebody that was able to adapt within the pork industry. And what exactly was going on there? That's right, Josh. This is actually a pork producer who's over here in my corner of the state of the southern end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse. And it was Shannon Wolf. He was one of the presenters for the seventh annual Badger Swine Symposium, which, of course, was held virtually this year because of COVID-19. And so a big topic of the conversation for our pork producers and meat processors alike was how this pandemic has affected them. And while he was on the panel, he talked about the ways that they've been able to adapt surprisingly well. And during a typical, during a typical year, they sell 25,000 market hogs. And their main processor is Tyson Foods in Waterloo, Iowa, one of the plants that had to suspend its operations this spring. And Shannon says, luckily, they've been able to direct market and make do. When people are starting to shut down, not the plant so much, but people staying home and stuff, some of the packers are starting having some issues with labor. Um, they've always had a short or a tight labor supply, but it seemed to more people staying home. 
then all of a sudden Tyson, instead of giving you 100% of your production, was down to 85%. And that kind of threw up some flags of what could possibly happen. And you start thinking. And then it was a, I think if I remember right, it's like the week of the 20th, April 20th, is kind of when the wheels fell off. And the Waterloo plant that we delivered to was actually shut down. As everybody knows, the hog industry is just-in-time production. So then all of a sudden you're scrambling, trying to figure out where you're going to put these hogs because new ones are being born. allows you to get creative with some different things. I guess when that happened, when they said they weren't taking any loads or weren't scheduling any anymore, I'd reached out to Carrie um, at the pork office, and she kind of got brainstormed whatever to get this passion for pork started. You may remember Passion for Pork is a campaign created in collaboration with the Wisconsin Pork Association and the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. It connects Wisconsin pork producers to local meat processors and helps put pork in food banks and pantries that are helping fight hunger during the pandemic. And Shannon says in addition to this program, social media became another unexpected solution. We put out on Facebook that we just had pigs to get rid of. We had responses unreal. I mean, the number of people that called wanting pigs helped out greatly. So we were able to get through this situation. We didn't have to euthanize everything or excuse me, anything. And we stayed current um, as far as our production. Pigs didn't get too heavy on us. The one thing that's hard about it, you can market them and have a price locked in. But with the shutdown happening, it didn't matter what price you had. You still couldn't deliver them. So that just kind of threw in a whole new wrench of stuff. And I don't know how you go about taking care of that challenge if I had to come back around again. He says like many areas of the nation, their local butchers are booked more than a year out, but he's still seeing demand for direct sales. The amount of people that actually butchered themselves um, and actually did it this spring to help me out. Um, a lot of them have talked about coming back this fall and now it's starting to get cooler again. Sounds like after deer hunting, sounds like we could get pretty busy again with people wanting to buy hogs. Shannon says all in all, not a lot has changed at Wolf LNG Farms. We continue to breed the same number of sows. I mean, about the, I mean, we may have culled a few sows that were on our lower end of production there. But when this happened in April, those pigs were already basically 10 months earlier. They had or 11 months earlier, they had been bred. So yeah, we had a whole system full. Our idea was by the time we're breeding we're hoping this stuff would have been cleared and would, wouldn't be an issue. Not many uh, visitors come to the operation, and that still stands uh, just for biosecurity reasons. As far as employees, I mean, everybody's spread out. People have their own job, and they kind of stay away from each other. And the break and dinner time, they kind of shift that around so not everybody's in the same area at the same time as far as that. They did have to adapt to some supply chain shortages on the farm. We. Uh, use disposable rubber gloves around the farm all the time, kind of keep your hands clean and not stinking. Uh, we got down to just a handful left before we got a shipment of them. The only other thing, uh, as far as the supply, the spring, we quit feeding distillers grains to our hogs. A lot of the ethanol plants are shutting down because of the people not driving, the oil prices going so low that you could get them, but the price of them was very high. And we just opted out of using them for that amount of time. Across the state and down the line in the pork supply chain, Mark Maltner owns Cedar Road Meats in Iron Ridge, Wisconsin, and they offer custom processing for local farmers in southeast Wisconsin. Besides working with uh, local producers, we have our own storefront where we sell our own smoke goods. We also work with about 15 grocery stores in Madison, Milwaukee area. 
selling those smoked items as well. Besides that, we have a couple commercial contracts in the Milwaukee area and then a couple farmers who sell direct online that are a consistent business for us on a weekly basis. Back in probably April, our inspector reached out and asked if we had any capacity to take on hogs as there was a glut of hogs in industry due to the large facilities shutting down. And I inquired as to what that was and what that meant. That's how he learned about passion for pork and became part of a weekly contract to process hogs for food banks and pantries. We butcher uh, once a week on Fridays. I have limited hanging space in our cooler, so one of the things we did was start butchering just for the Pork Association on Thursdays. And at that time, we pull all of our carcasses over to the other cooler from our aging cooler to our hanging cooler that allowed us to free up the back for basically 12 hours where we would butcher the hogs for the pork association knowing that on friday when my regular crew was butchering animals on the floor the processing area was available to cut the pigs for the pork association things haven't slowed down at cedar road meat since the peak of the pork issue this spring we basically doubled our business in the last six months. We are scheduling out 18 months in advance for custom processing, where it typically was three months. We now have all of next year fully booked, and we're going to start booking 2022, which has never happened since we've been in business. We're seeing local farmers selling a lot more to their customers, which means there's more demand for them to get into facilities like my own. So that's been good for us during time of COVID. However, this also has created a strain as needing more personnel to be able to do the work, but at the same time, we were able to find qualified meat cutters and packagers to fill that need. When there was a shortage in the grocery stores, we had a huge demand for about a month. However, my walk-in business has doubled and it hasn't gone down since March. That would be great if it continues. I don't know if it will. I'm struggling to figure out how to budget and plan for next year's projections because I know what I'm going to do from a custom processing standpoint. I do have that fully scheduled. But from walk-in business or even retail, uh, the wholesale business with the stores, it's hard to tell. But as of today, we're seeing a lot more local business than we traditionally have. And we are out in the country. We're not close to a large city. So we're still seeing a good amount of traffic on the weekends, people coming to shop and to buy local, but also our farmers are seeing more demand. Their customers are buying, wanting more meat locally. On the flip side for us, I didn't have plans to expand and I had to expand because we couldn't keep up with the demand. Our hanging cooler that comes off the slaughtering floor, we could hang about 15 beef. And so I expanded that part of the facility in May and we can now hold up to 30 beef but I also have a, a rail going out the building at that end. So during COVID, we were able to butcher animals on the rail and out the door for those that needed it. And then just a month ago, tied to the uh, Passion for Pork program, I added a 15 by 25 outdoor freezer in order to hold uh, additional uh, supplies and finished goods because my inside freezer was full and we were bursting at the seams. So I don't plan to expand next year, but if the demand is there, I'm not sure which way we're going to expand because we're at about capacity right now for what we can handle. Although it sounds like being too busy is a good problem to have, Mark and his team are well aware of the risks involved with COVID-19 when it comes to their employees' health and the well-being of the business. That would shut us down as we've had some of our other local plants get it where they've had to shut for a couple of weeks. If I had to shut for a couple of weeks, be a lot of trouble because we're hitting up. This is the busiest season of the year. So I guess from risk management standpoint, we're really trying to avoid anybody getting infected and keeping the plant clean, but also minimizing the amount of people in and out of the facility and 
those that work with the general public were asking to wear masks or we require the public to wear masks. So I'm more concerned about people run the risk of getting sick. As might be expected, they too ran into some supply issues. The only real supplies that we were short on were the rubber gloves that we wear as well and then cleaning chemicals. So we had enough and then we quickly found out that there was anywhere from a six to eight week lead time on some of those stuff. So we were able to get by for a couple months and then it came back online. It was about June. So we had a small period where we were running tight on some of those supplies, plastic bags. Sometimes there's a longer lead time and then spices. So we are two miles away from PS seasonings in Iron Ridge. They are just slammed with high demand. We could typically go and pick up the next day. Right now, they're giving us a 10-day lead time, and I'm literally two miles down the road. There's a huge demand for them to sell their spices to producers, but then also they have a workforce shortage. They're hiring like crazy, so they can't keep up. So that's good for them, but at times it creates challenges for me when I need certain spices, and I just have to plan further ahead. Although the pandemic continues, Shannon and Mark both say that they're impressed by the collaboration in the industry. From the call I made to the passion for pork, it was days. I mean, I think it's 10 days, two weeks, somewhere like that. I mean, it was just to, to get that much work done and leadership and to get everything going and heading in the right direction. It was uh, remarkable. I mean, by far, it didn't take all of our pigs, but it did take quite a few of them. That was a great relationship that we developed and able to meet the needs of a bunch of farmers during COVID that were unable to get their animals processed. And we're still working on another contract for them right now. I really appreciate the partnership that we have. Some of the things that we've been able to do this year, we weren't able to do in the past. So unfortunately, this was driven by COVID, but I think it was great that these areas were able to come together in a short amount of time and come up with a plan with the Passion for Pork program and work to assist not only the farmers in need, but then also the food banks and the people that needed the food. Once again, that's Shannon Wolf and Mark Maltner. They share two different parts of the pork food supply chain, be it have faced some similar struggles in the industry, talking about their collaboration to make it through this pandemic. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Kitten Riley. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the central corn belt, only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. farm family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids. Officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids. One thing done right. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. 
Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. This year, we've made over $53 million in paycheck protection loans. This kept more than 5,200 people employed at 225 businesses. We're committed to helping business build a better future. To learn more, go to SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, lenders you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. In Windsor and Madison. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ooh, it's kind of chilly out there this morning. If you're uh, taking the dog out for a walk or maybe you're uh, getting ready for chores, let's talk about it. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. And there had been a little bit of an advisory out uh, to be careful if you were driving around this morning, I guess. I can tell that in the Madison area we picked up some precipitation. The good news is that it doesn't look like it's really making for slip surfaces, but you said it's a whole different look uh, in your neck of the woods south of Fond du Lac, huh? Yeah, my first move, look out the back door this morning. Hey! The whole deck is covered with <laughs> snow, just enough to cover it. I don't of course, re- the, the concrete sidewalk is open, but the deck's covered. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I don't recall that being necessarily a part of our forecast, but uh, that moisture kind of came through, and then it's just a matter of how cold you were when it came through, huh? That's it. And uh, there's some talk about east of Highway 41, like over here, that it could very well be a little slippery in spots and stretches. So I'd say Oshkosh Fond du Lac, even Beaver Dam, be a little easy hitting the roadways or stepping out in the sidewalk in a hurry. You might find it to be a bit slick this morning, but the front's pulled off to the east. Precipitation has really ended, and at least we have a drier day in store today. I'll have forecast details right after this. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy farmers of Wisconsin exist to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. All righty, how about that forecast for today and the weekends, too? Well, mostly sunny, but cooler today. Certainly a lot cooler than yesterday. I expect we'll be in the upper 30s as our north winds this morning become more west and southwest in the afternoon, probably 5 to 15. We stay clear tonight, drop into the upper 20s. The south winds at 5 to 10. Then there's Saturday. Another cool front edges in. 
Clouds build in, some rain, light rain developing toward midday or afternoon. We expect a breezy day up in the, call it low to mid-40s. South winds 10 to 20, gusting to 30. Rain lasts into Saturday night. Could mix with some snow in the central and eastern parts of the state late and may linger just into really early Sunday morning. Could be a tenth to even a quarter inch of rain Saturday night. By Sunday, partly sunny, breezy, oh, about 40, a few upper 30s. West winds, oh, 12 to 25, gust to 40. Next week, Pam dries out and, believe it or not, stays like normal, at least up in the 40s, or maybe a 50 by Thursday. All right, good deal. Have a good weekend, Stu. You too. Take care. Stumach, our ag meteorologist with the weather details you're looking for as we begin our Friday the 13th. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Skilled trade workers are the backbone of every community and also the Army National Guard. Soldiers trained to keep the power flowing, engines running, and in every other trade needed to accomplish the mission. These soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you too can learn a trade profession by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah. Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. Get rid of mice this winter with rodent control products from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Like the new Prowler Rodenticides, they're formulated to control even the toughest infestations on farms and agricultural operations. Choose from place packs, pelleted, bait chunks, and soft bait. Now $5 off. Matomco also carries a complete line of rodent baits, bait stations, mechanical and adhesive traps, and mole and gopher products. So you have the right solution for whatever pest problem you're facing. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet furnace on the fritz whether it's a quick fix or time for something new you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up and a bryant dealer does whatever it takes it takes attention to detail the right tools and friendly knowledgeable service bottom line it takes a bryant dealer to bring the heat call tarkinson brothers heating ventilating and air conditioning in oregon when you need furnace service bryant whatever it takes You have a healthy business and you've weathered the changes. To help plan for 2021, visit Signs by Tomorrow's interactive signage map service. One certainty for next year is that signs will be critical in your continued success. Signs by Tomorrow will help with COVID signage, back-to-business signage, and delivers a fresh new creative look for your image that can increase your bottom line and competitive edge. Visit signsbytomorrow.com forward slash Madison. Imagine it. Signs by Tomorrow can do it. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. 
If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. I don't want to brag. That means you're totally about to brag. Everything in my home matches. Matches perfectly. It's all pulled together. That's because I have my own personal interior designer. You have your own interior designer because you shop at Lazy Boy. My Lazy Boy designer can pull strings and get me custom fabrics that match, handles and feet that coordinate my personal style, and color combinations that nobody else has. Everybody can have it. You just have to start at Lazy Boy. My personal designer knows how to bring it all together without it looking all, all, um, what's the word? It's not all matchy-matchy. You get the idea. Of course, this kind of customization isn't available to just anyone. It's available to everyone. Unless you have a personal designer. From Lazy Boy. It all comes together with Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. No matter your traditions, the holiday season has always been about coming together. Don't focus on the preparations and the hustle or bustle. Enjoy your time with the family. And just like Christmas is a time to gather, so are funerals. Trust it to us at Gunderson Life Celebration Centers. We'll handle the details. You catch up with loved ones safely. Find us at GundersonFH.com. We're always there to help. Gunderson Funerals, serving Dane County for the past century. All right, Rob, let's talk some Packers. I want to talk, uh, obviously, the Jaguars coming up on Sunday. But first, uh, we were having a spirited discussion today. Um, it's, the question is, in their prime, who would you rather have? Well, you know, this is always a Packers question. Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? The reason why I asked it is because I see Rodgers speaking with the media yesterday, and he was asked about this. He, Rodgers has, has won the same number of starts, 119, as Brett Favre through the same number of games. 182. I think that's wild. So, Robbie, I, I know kind of where you stand, but I want to see what your answer is. In their prime, who would you rather have leading the Packers? Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I personally, I would rather have Favre. You, you know that, and you know me well. Um, I, I think what he took over in Green Bay was a little bit more of a mess than what Aaron inherited to start with. Let, let, let's not forget Brett's last year, they were 13-3. and Aaron's first year, they fell to 6-10. and There was a seven-game slide, which is still the greatest in franchise history. Um, I think Aaron, top to bottom, probably has been given more pieces to work with, uh, certainly in the passing game, than Brett ever was. Now, it's, it's been... You know, it's been slim pickings for Aaron the last two or three years, but but think back for about the first decade, right, when when it was Driver and Jennings and Jones and Nelson and Cobb and Finley and Adams. I mean, Brett had nothing like that. Brett had Sterling Sharp for a couple years. Robert Brooks stepped in after Sterling's neck injury. Brooks tore his ACL uh, in Week 7 of 96, was never the same player again after that. Freeman emerged. Uh, but by 99, Freeman had put on about 20 pounds of bad weight, and he wasn't the same guy. Um, so the last two or three years, Favre was playing with Bill Schrader, Tyrone Davis, and 
um, a, a fat Antonio Freeman, and and he never had running backs like like Aaron has had right now. Uh, Brett had better defenses, um, and Brett obviously took more risks and chucked the ball around. But Brett was also playing in an era where people didn't protect the ball quite like they do today, and everything wasn't set up for the offenses. So I I know probably when it's all said and done, Aaron's numbers might look a little shinier than Brett's in in terms of passer rating and touchdowns per game and things like that. But man. Brett was playing in an era where the defensive guys could just beat the nonsense out of quarterbacks, and and now you know you, you might as well put a red jersey on Aaron. Uh, a lot of a lot of these weeks, the way defensive players can't touch him. I mean, it, it's close. They're obviously two of the all-time greats. I have Favre in my top five. I'd have Rodgers in my top ten. But if, you know, again, by a nose, I'd, I'd go with Favre. Yeah, Rob, you know where I stand too. I go Favre hands down. It's just take me back to like the mid '90s when I can rock my my starter jacket, my Brett Favre jersey, my <laughs> Levi jeans, and just love Brett Favre and the Packers, man. Woo-hoo. You know, and and, and Evo, the other thing I didn't even touch on there. I mean, just you you cannot downplay just how big it is that Brett just never missed a game, right? I mean, yes. it's it's not Aaron's fault. He broke the collarbone twice, and he missed half a 13, and he missed missed half a Should 17. have been drinking milk. Should have been drinking milk. I guess so, you know, but he's been dinged along the way, too. He missed them. You know, he had the concussions in 10 where he missed a couple of games. He, he had that hamstring in 14 that really slowed him down in the playoffs. I mean, no matter what, I mean, Brett was on the injury report pretty much every week with something or another, and he sucked it up, but he found a way to – to take the field, and and I don't think you'll ever see anybody do no, do that again no. in terms of a game's played streak at, at the quarterback position. Even though, even though again, you know, the defensive guys just aren't allowed to hit quarterbacks and touch them the way the John Randalls and the Warren Saps of the world were able to drive Brett into the ground and lay on him and and you know and, and and try to knock his shoulder out of socket when it was when they were down there on top of him. So <laughs> it's 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 a totally different world right now for quarterbacks, but still, I don't. I don't think you'll ever see the tough guy Iron Man streak that far put together. Um, and I don't know if you'll ever see anyone touch that interception record either, but <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we forget you about that. <laughs> All right, Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. Uh, Robbie, I'm looking at your Twitter account at Rob Reichel on the, you know, surfing the, the Twitter sphere, and I see this article. How can the Packers move from good to great? My question would be, uh, would that just play, play a team like the Jags every day? You, you move up the grade? Or is uh, tests like the Jaguars on Sunday really not what the Packers are looking for and they need to find it within themselves against a stronger team? Yeah, playing the Jags will be a, a, you know, a, a good bit of medicine for anybody out there, right? When you, when you enter as a two-touchdown favorite, you'll probably cover that. Um, no, I, I think we talked about this last week. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe Brian Gutekunst blew it at the trade deadline. I, I thought there was some, some real potential and some opportunity for him, uh, and he's obviously the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekunst, to, to go out there and, and, and land some defensive help. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. It is going to be a chilly Friday, no better than about 39 today for daytime highs, and it's going to take us until lunchtime before we even get close to the 30s. Tonight, down to 27. Tomorrow, good chance we're going to see rain bounce up to 46, and then Sunday, kind of a wintry-looking mix, 38 our expected high. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on Friday the 13th. On this day back in 1858, the community of La Crosse got one of their major industries started. 
It was John Gund and Gottlieb Heilman. And on this day, they started one of Wisconsin's best-known breweries, Heilman Brewery. The beer production went from 500 barrels in 1860 to 3,000 by 1872. Heilman Brewery became one of La Crosse's biggest manufacturing areas. And through the 20th century, its storage tanks, which were built to resemble a six-pack of beer, were a La Crosse landmark. You know, at the peak, Heilman's beer sales topped 7.5 million barrels at about $900 million in value. The brewery officially closed in 1999, and that really was a gut punch for lacrosse through about 500 workers uh, into the unemployment category. Heilman Brewery, founded on this day back in 1858. And now you know. Also, happy birthday to uh, Mr. Big, if you're a fan of Sex in the City. Wisconsin native Christopher Noth, born on this date in Madison back in 1956. Happy birthday to Jimmy Kimmel. He's 53. Whoopi Goldberg turned 65 years young. And there you go. Just another couple tidbits for you on a finally Friday. With the election behind us, Production Agriculture now monitoring some of the new faces they'll be working with when it comes to ag policy. How strong is the rural voice? Josh Gramlin joins us with an update right here in Wisconsin. With so much attention on the 2020 presidential race, it was easy to forget that there were some very important elections taking place in our own backyard as many lawmakers in the state legislature were up for re-election. In total, Democrats in Wisconsin were able to flip two assembly seats and Republicans in the state were able to flip two Senate seats. So with some new faces in Madison, what exactly does that mean for Wisconsin agriculture? State Senator Howard Markline is the chairman of the Senate Ag Committee. So, Senator, just kind of give me a quick rundown of some of the new lawmakers that have been elected and what exactly their presence means for Wisconsin farmers. Scott Fitzgerald uh, was elected uh, to Congress uh, in Washington uh, last week. So uh, what, uh, what that means, he's been the majority leader in the state Senate now for, for many, many, many years. So that opened up a uh, position uh, for majority leader. And uh, Devin Lemihue uh, was uh, elected last week as the uh, new majority leader. And I think Devin's going to be good for agriculture. He represents uh, Sheboygan County, Manitowoc County, Calumet County, uh, that's good farm country uh, there, and uh, he'll do, you know, he, he's got a strong, you know, connection to agriculture. So so that's very, very good. So, and then um, we've got, uh, you know, a few new faces in the in the state Senate. Um, one is uh, Rob Staffschult, uh, and Rob uh, got elected up in the 10th Senate District. But Rob Rob's a farmer, uh, managed a family farm for 25 years, fourth generation uh, farmer. So Rob's got a strong connection due to agriculture, and so uh, he's going to be good. All right, and then also there were some folks that actually retired that were really strong ag advocates, so I'm hoping that the people that replaced them uh, kind of follow down that same path. Uh, Luther Olson retired, and of course Luther was a, had a f- strong farm background with his family. Um, he's being replaced by Joan Balwig, and Joan uh, and uh, Joan's uh, husband, Tom, have uh, uh, John, John Deere dealerships uh, in uh, the Marcus and, you know, area, Fox Lake uh, area. So anyway, so obviously, you know, with the, her background in uh, farm equipment, uh, she's going to be a strong advocate for agriculture as well. So all in all, I think, uh, you know, we've got some, you know, some new people 
um, in, in the state Senate, uh, but they have some strong agriculture backgrounds, which I think is incredibly important. You know, when we, when I talk to my colleagues in the, in the cities, um, they can appreciate sometimes some of the struggles that are going on uh, in some of our uh, rural areas. State Senator Howard Markline, he is the chair of the Senate Ag Committee, and just recently he was appointed as the co-chair of the Joint Finance Committee, which means that he will be one of the main set of eyes that looks over the state's budget. Some new faces will be seen in the hallways of the state capitol building in Madison, but luckily for Wisconsin farmers, a great majority of those new faces have strong farm backgrounds. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. In overnight electronic trade this morning, December corn still down a penny at 4.07. January soybeans are down a penny at 11.44, while July new crop wheat down about a nickel right now at 5.92. Barrel cheese dropped 18.5 cents yesterday. We're down to $1.90. 40-pound block cheese down 9 at 2.08. Double-A butter, that dropped a quarter of a cent at 143.5 per pound. Fluid milk for December's down 8 overnight at 18.38 a hundredweight. January milk closed. 29 cents lower at 17.56 and February milk down 14 at 16.87 a hundredweight. Are you one of the farms or agribusinesses that tapped into the Paycheck Protection Program through the Small Business Administration? One of the elements of that program was loan forgiveness. Our next guest from Compure Financial says, better think about tapping the brakes when it comes to asking for that loan forgiveness. Neil Narvison is going to join us with the details on that next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Carrier has a complete line of home heating products to keep your family comfortable this winter without burning your budget. With smart temperature management and remote access options, it's easier than ever to control your home's climate. And Carrier energy efficient systems can help reduce utility bills without sacrificing comfort. For more complete comfort and greater peace of mind, turn to your carrier expert. Call Prairie Plumbing and Heating in Sauk City or Al Byers Indoor Comfort Systems in Cambridge. With a Sweda metal roof this time of the year, the snow will slide off, keeping you from having to shovel it yourself. And it can prevent major ice dams. These are things you won't have to worry about. Contact us and get on our calendar as soon as you can. We'll help you plan for a beautiful metal roof. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweda. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweda metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com Sweda metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. The best thing that can help an American family's finances right now is a new mortgage loan. I can provide you with big monthly savings, skip a payment, and get cash in your pocket. Interest rates are crazy low. It couldn't be easier. You know, if you call me, you're going to do a mortgage loan if you qualify. Educated mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. NMLS number 222652. Keys, doorknob. Elevator buttons, car door, steering wheel, grocery cart, food, food, debit card, that card reader thing, keypad, bags, keys, trunk. In one trip to the store, you touch a lot. That's why I wash my hands for 20 seconds every time. I do it to protect my mom from COVID-19, but it helps everyone in Wisconsin. Find out how to protect the people around you at dhs.wisconsin.gov COVID-19. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it is getting busy for a lot of our friends at Compure Financial, and we want to chat with those folks as we roll our way through the hour. Uh, joining us today, a gentleman that's been busy pretty much all year long, not by his choice, but by the government's insistence and uh, the pandemic. Neil Narvison is along with us. He's one of the tax preparation specialists that is a part of Compure's infrastructure all across the state of uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, as well as northern Illinois. Neil, take us into your world for just a minute. I mean, uh, I thought I knew kind of how accountants' calendars went. Normally, you'd have all the taxes pretty much put to bed by April. Then you guys start focusing in on uh, all your uh, upgrading of education, the continuing education situation, and then you're staying busy right along through into the fall. So what has this pandemic done to your schedule? Uh, it's really screwed up our schedule. You know, with the uh, deadline being extended from April 15th to the July 15th, it really drew out the season. Uh, a lot of clients were either a little uh, leery of getting in uh, because of the pandemic or because they knew they got the extension to July 15th, they didn't worry about it. So it really dragged out our work, excuse me, our workflow and uh, kept us pretty busy all summer long, where normally during the summer we have a little bit of a downtime to catch our breath and and recharge, uh, but we went from right to that into the extensions, you know, to October 15th was the extension deadline for anybody that hadn't filed, so we've got some of those, and then, uh, you know, going right into now into tax planning, you know, starting up, so we've been busy all year, it's a little different for us uh, than normal year, and, uh, you know, it's a good thing, but yet we're all learning, you know, with this whole pandemic and working remotely at times, uh, it's been a challenge, but we're up for it. Well, and because you guys are much like uh, your farmer clients, a lot of uh, the Compure staff is based in the rural community, live in the rural community, and Internet access is not a slam dunk for all your staff either. That's correct. We've had staff that, you know, that don't have great Internet access at home, so they have been unable to work from home very well, so they've been in the office. Right now our offices are at 50% capacity, uh, is what we're allowed to do. So uh, we're kind of managing that for the people that don't have their internet access. They come in and work in the office, but the rest of us that have a little bit better internet access from home, we're doing more remotely from home, which has really been an adjustment because we're, we like our face-to-face time with our clients. Uh, that's, that's what our business is all about. And unfortunately, we've had to adjust a little bit. Hallelujah to that. Same here. Neil Harvison's along with us with Compure Financial. They're bringing you this update on things you need to start thinking about when it comes to taxes. Now, what do we need to be thinking about, Neil? I've got a laundry list of unique and let's hope one of a time only questions that start with a lot of the government related assistance that a lot of our farms qualified for, tapped into. What kind of things do we need to be thinking about right now when it comes to tax preparation? Well, right now, you know, if you, if the farmers have not done any tax planning in prior years, this is the year to do it for sure. Uh, it's very, very important in, in this year because of all the government payments like you talked about, along with the PPP, the EIDL, the state economic payment, and such on. But also, don't forget, like, non-farm income, if you have a spouse that's working uh, outside the house, maybe they've been on unemployment uh, because of the pandemic. So you got to take that in effect. You may not even be thinking about that as being income, but it is. And you may not have had withholding taxes from that. So there's a lot of things going into 
the this year as far as planning for where your situation is and what your tax liability is going to look like. And there could be a major, major surprise for everybody this year, uh, even though it's quite possible they have low cash reserves, they may have a huge tax liability because of everything going on. And now's the time to plan for that and minimize that as much as possible. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. So I'm curious if you've gotten a, a clear direction on how the federal government is going to handle uh, those uh, PPP payments and uh, possibly some of those loans. Uh, what what can we do? What what should we be doing to try to manage through that, Neil? Yeah, right now with the PPP, it's a little bit up in the air. Um, what we're recommending is they, they shouldn't they make a look at your financial situation right now, but don't consider asking for forgiveness just yet. I mean, you could, it's, it's open and ready for forgiveness, but right now the way the PPP was originally structured, the Congress had said that those uh, expenses would be deductible even though it would be forgiven. But the IRS has taken a different stance in saying that those are not deductible and you have to reduce your expenses this year in essence, increasing your income for the year when you do the forgiveness. Now, we heard rumblings out there, and quite frequently uh, that Congress is going to come back and reassess that and say, no, those are going to be deductible, and yet they will still be forgiven. But they haven't done that yet. So as of right now, the guidance we're getting from the IRS is that it has to be income, or I'm sorry, not income, but reduced expenses for the year it's forgiven. So we're suggesting with everything going on with the election and everything, they've kind of put everything on hold, waiting until next year to look for forgiveness because by that time, hopefully, Congress has come back and adjusted that and said, yes, those are deductible, but yet still able to be forgiven. And therefore, you don't have to pick it up as reduced expenses or increased tax liability. Don't know if that's going to happen for sure, but that's what we've been hearing. And it doesn't hurt to wait until next year to to go because if it doesn't get changed, then you're picking up the income next year when instead of this year when you may have higher income because of all those payments. Wow, that's a big one. That's a big one for sure. Let's talk a little bit about this year. Uh, we had a pretty decent growing season compared to 2019, Neil. Let's talk about some of our standard inputs that normally we start thinking about for 2021, like fertilizer and seed. Am I supposed to tap the brakes there too or give me some guidance? No, with that, what I'd recommend is, you know, looking at your situation, the, the farmers should look at their situation, and if they've got a good tax liability and if they have the cash reserves to do it, go ahead and prepay for those inputs, you know, like fertilizers and seed, because that will help reduce your tax liability by increasing your expenses this year. So it's definitely something we would definitely do. Just like in prior years, everything's the same way. We've always looked at that and see where your situation is. And if you've got the income, or the tax liability, and you've got the cash there, go ahead and prepay for that and uh, get that as an expense in this year to help reduce the liability. Mm-hmm. Well, and hopefully you're getting the benefit of the doubt or at least some discounts if you uh, step forward this fall. Are you seeing or just uh, hearing from your clients, Neil, that from the field, the actual corn bean, let's say, uh, harvest has been pretty good? Yeah, we were just doing our, well, we have, we do harvest lunches for our our their clients, and we were out and talking to quite a few of them, and we're seeing the yields are pretty doggone good uh, for bean and corn this year uh, down here. So it, it's it's looking good. It's, it's around here. 
I know some other areas of the country have not been as well, but everything we're seeing in Wisconsin, the, the yields are doing quite well this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Neil Narvison's along with us from Compure Financial. He's one of their tax preparers that is busy, busy, busy with advice and guidance when it comes to this crazy year in the pandemic. Now, what about capital investments? Things like purchasing equipment, Neil. Uh, how am I supposed to evaluate that or decide on that? Well, that's where you look at your situation, too. We have a chance to do Section 179 on the equipment if you've got the income there. Uh, there's a chance to do 179 and any equipment you purchase for the year. Now, that's it. it it's there for uh, farmers to use, but it's limited to a million and forty thousand dollars, and it starts to phase out after you've made purchases of more than two thousand five hundred ninety thousand dollars of equipment. Um, so it all depends on how much they're doing. Uh, you need to look at the situation as far as their income, how much purchases they made whether it makes sense to do it. Now, Section 179 is one thing where you can take it down, your income down to zero, but you can't go below zero. So you have to play with the numbers a little bit, and that's why you need to be in talking to your accountant at this time, looking at that. You know, if you haven't made any large purchases right now, if you need uh, to replace a piece of equipment, now is the time to get it out there and get that if you are going to do that because you have to technically have it in hand and ready for service before December 31st in order to qualify for 179. Yeah, right. I remember that. Neil Narvison along with us. Again, Compure Financial providing you with this great information. And to Neil's point, you know that you really need to visit with somebody one-on-one and uh, work through your personal scenario when it comes to the amount of federal monies that you might have received because of the pandemic or those state assistance uh, grants that were out there. And then, like he said, when you're looking at 2021, where is the right place to make your investment? Compure.com can connect you with your local office and uh, make sure that you are being serviced right in your community. One final question for you, Neil, and that is to remind people, so much of this, and probably giving you fits of anxiety, so much of this is still very fluid. So you can't have just a one-and-done conversation with your tax tax accountant. You need to keep that conversation going. That is correct. What you're seeing this year, we're seeing more of our clients coming in for tax planning than we have the other year. But we've also seen clients coming in, like at the end of October already, looking at something, and then they're going to turn around and touch base with us again, with us at the end of December, middle of December, just to make sure that we're in the same, you know, spot. So we're having multiple conversations, doing multiple tax plans for them to make sure that we totally understand their situation because it has been one crazy year for us this year, that's for sure. I sympathize with you for sure. Neil Narvison, another one of those folks just like you and I trying to deal with uh, their pandemic.